On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the butterflies are able to take over the world on Peacemaker, if James from the Timlini Scavengers can take over the Superhero Show Show, and if Jean Grey makes it out of the Dark Phoenix Saga alive. All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast on the internet that has reviews, talks, discussions, uh, reflections, um, thesauruses about every TV show based on a comic book, period. Just comic books. That's all. That's all that I'm going to say for this intro. My name is Ryan, and I will be your non-Cassie for today. And with me, as always, my right-hand person, my... Left hand of the law, my uh, partner in crime, but crime does not pay, so we actually don't commit crimes. It's Caitlin. Oh, 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 hello. I have so many hands, and then I have one sprouting out from my head, too, because you cannot have too many. That's my, hand, my high-fiving hand. You know, I thought that you couldn't, and then I saw that one coming out of your head, yeah. and I was like, you can have too many hands. Yeah, yeah, I could, but, you know, that's what happens when your parents, like, you know, make you in a radioactive zone. And why did you choose the one that is covered in pink goo to make your high-fiving hand? That's, that's, that's why my favorite color is pink, because the pink goo just comes out of my top hand. Drips on your head, yeah. hits over people. Yeah. Caitlin... Are you ready to do this show by ourselves? Oh, yeah, Ryan. You're not, are you? Yeah, no, I'm so ready. Why are you crying then? Because I miss Cassie. Okay. What if I uh-huh. was to tell you that Cassie is here, played by James from Timeline Scavenger? What? Hey, what's up, everyone? It's it's Cassie. Hey, I'm Cassie. What's going on? Loki. Wow, Cassie. We're actually, we're not reviewing Loki this week. That's I don't know why you <laughs> oh. said that. Well, I don't uh, even... Hmm. For, I pe- for uh, non-viewers who can't see James right now, just so you know, Cassie looks just like Nick Miller with a beard. Uh, <laughs> it's important to point that out every time I see James. <laughs> Caitlin, today you will be Schmidt. Okay. I will be Winston. Okay. And we don't need no Jessica damn day. All right. Mm. Or Cece. Wow. It's just the boys here tonight. Mm. Um, James. Yeah. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking you're place in Cassie. What you're in welcome. what ways do you think that uh, you're going to replace Cassie and maybe even surpass Cassie? Surpass the cast. Surpass Sur- Cassie. Sur- Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um well my Cassie capacity is um Sarcassi? pretty much maxed out. Okay. But um you know, I have the audacity to to max out my Cassie capacity, and I think that's really primarily what I'm bringing to the to the show. I just hope that you uh, win good awards and you don't get a Razzie for being Cassie. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's not, I don't get it. <laughs> Caitlin, can you think of anything that sounds like the word Cassie? Lassie is the dog. Lassie is the dog. James, nope, are no you with that? Here. Okay, yep, nope, you're yep, not. You're not. 100%. Okay. DC well, uh, character Lassie. We have an amazing show tonight. We are going to talk about Resident Alien and. Raising Dion, and I almost said Resident Evil, and that fucks me up every time. <laughs> uh, and, of course, X-Men the Animated Series. But first, 
the finale of Peacemaker. On the season finale of Peacemaker, Chris and the gang have made their way to the cow barn and have concocted a plan. Use Chris's remaining helmets to destroy the barn. The butterflies and the cow itself. Just before they complete their mission, they and we find out about the butterflies' plans. Taste buds, did James Gunn, John Cena, HBO Max, and DC stick this landing? Oh, Ryan. I don't know. What? I, 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 like, was so on board, but I, like... Peacemaker's arc, I think, is what was really apparent in this. Like, he's changed so much. But I don't know if I buy that he would just, like, not side with the butterflies. But here's why it's important, I think. Um, If you saw the Suicide Squad, and we saw a lot of the Suicide Squad throughout this series, Mm -hmm. he kills Rick Flagg at the end because he has to stick to his rules, like Mm -hmm. his mission. And I think the big part of the arc is that he's saying, I can now think for myself. And what you want humans to do is not think for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why he had to do it. Although, the butterfly's plan didn't seem so bad. James, as a uh, Trump voter, what did you think of everything that they said? <laughs> we James, lost James. James left. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like... Ah, uh, it was... It sort Let of me was read like, it for you, James, real quick. Yeah, yeah, please, uh, please, please. You have ignored science in favor of populist leaders who tell you that the floods and the fires and the disease are unrelated to your own actions, valuing profit over survival, treating minor inconveniences as assaults on your freedom. So we made a vow to do anything we could to change your future. The thing is that it's such a far-fetched science fictional sort of concept. I know. Where did they come up with this? (laughs) Actually, it it did throw me because it sort of was like, this, is this show allowed to do that? Which is funny because, like, it means that I'm not used to watching satirical uh, comic book stuff. Which I guess I don't know. Watchmen, I guess, is close as close as I've gotten. Definitely before, before this. I mean, I would say definitely more subtle than Song's final speech or Goff or whoever. But right, um, right. no, Watchmen yeah, it, yeah. definitely more. It's um, I don't know. It's social justice awareness on its sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. What it, I thought was wild is the that Peacemaker was able to make his decision so quickly. Mm. He was like, he heard the speech, he had his little flashbacks, we watched those, and then he immediately was like, no, I, I know. What What has the tone mostly been like on this show? Cause... It's, I mean, it's been, I think that the tone sums it up best, and maybe we should save this. I'm just going to briefly touch on this, and then we'll we'll get to it more at the end of the uh, segment. But uh, having Flash and Aquaman have a conversation about oh Aquaman fucking God. fish. <laughs> That's, it, I would say, it. the tone of the show. Okay. That Okay, I was not expecting that. Uh, Ryan sent us a text and said that there's something excited, exciting that happens. and uh, Which I saw I, the oh, morning it came okay. out. Yeah, I saw it. It was spoiled for me on Twitter immediately. Really? Um, yeah. I, I, for some reason, stayed off Twitter this week, but... I did not know. And then Aquaman came on the screen <laughs> and they were first black silhouettes and like you couldn't see it was. And it's like, OK, they're just going to put like stick figure people there. Yeah. And then we get light shown on freaking Aquaman and, and the Flash and Aquaman is fucks fish. <laughs> that was the best part. I, mean, I love that. I don't think Zack Snyder's opus even went that far as to have comic book like this is harley quinn cartoon level yeah. joking around right here right it 
it was a weird place to put satire, I guess is my thought. It started off with like, you know, extended, not fart humor, but like fart humor uh, with like in the thing. And it did sort of like, you know, silly stuff with like the bird and stuff like that. And then to have it be like the climax be this sort of look at you, look at, hey, society, look at yourself. Was sort of, I was sort of like, I mean, okay, uh, I guess so it was... You're talking about the opening fart jokes with Vigilante and Peacemaker. Right, right. right. It, it actually, Very good. It wasn't like I laughed. Trey Parker and Matt Stone stuff, where it was like, silly gross, silly gross, silly gross, but meaning. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it, is that, uh, and South Park became so known for its final message at the end yeah. that it then made fun of itself and started to fold in on itself. Right. But I think the best way to put peacemaker is somewhere in between guardians of the galaxy which mm. is very disneyfied mm-hmm. james gunn and then if you guys have ever seen james gunn's earlier stuff like uh he worked for trauma for a long time and then made the movie slither and the movie super um which are much darker grosser satires and i think peacemaker allowed him to f- f- be right i love guardians i think james gunn loves guardians but it was still a little too disneyfied for mm. him i think to be mm-hmm. fully comfortable what did he work on at, at Troma? Those two, those two movies primarily, or that was after he left Troma. Oh, okay. His big one at Troma was Tromeo and Juliet, a okay. personal favorite of mine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, mm. Did you? I mean, was the cameo at the end worth it? Was it exciting, or was it more jarring? I think it was. It just came out of nowhere. Like I, I think it would have been the same without it, with or without it, because yeah. we don't know that they called these superheroes or anyone called them like yeah he said you're late yeah i didn't know when he called them yeah it's like when when did you call them if we would have had a, like a phone call like hey yeah we need we need some help or something when when tasty was on the phone with her mom wasn't she um... oh amanda waller did it there you go that's oh, what oh yes because they said the justice league earlier and i was like right right right, right dc okay that brought me into this was a dc uh, show halfway through the episode yeah, and we also find out that Green Arrow is a brony. Yes! <laughs> Which is a term I haven't actually heard in a while. Yeah. Is that still a big deal, guys? Um, I, th- I think the bronies have left us. But really? They, I mean, the bronies always in your heart. So bronies plop, have moved plop. on with the juggalos to be <laughs> even more over there. <laughs> Elusive bronies now. Um, Caitlin, you have brought up John Cena's arc, or Chris's arc. Yeah. And I do want to hit that hard because in, in your guys' viewing of this show... There was an attempt made for sure. Mm-hmm. But would you say that uh, they took this guy who is kind of the worst? Not the worst because his racist dad is the worst, right? Mm-hmm. That's the scale that we have been set mm-hmm. on. But kind of the worst in that he loves a particular kind of music that only terrible people like. Um, he is basically trailer trash with a costume um, and very thoughtless. I think that's the biggest thing is that he was so selfish. Mm-hmm. Did For you, did this arc work? Did it land in the right place? I think it I think it definitely worked because like I I didn't think that he would like choose like not butterflies but I do think that Chris has made a huge arc from Justice League to or what movie Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad. <laughs> Suicide Squad to here he's he regrets what he did to Rick Flag and you can see that because it reminds him of what happened with his brother and he doesn't want to be like his dad so he take out his, he had to take out his dad like you see the huge arc that he has taken from there and the reflection that he's doing. And he's like, by the way, I don't have friends. 
(laughs) (laughs) and him realizing like I am alone I don't want to be alone anymore this is how I can change and these are what I'm going to do like or just training an eagle to hug you does not not mean that you're not alone you are still alone you're still alone with your eagle (laughs) we didn't get a lot of eagly this episode well he needed to do that joke of (laughs) and then we got the line from vigilante of Uh, Peacemaker's biggest flaw is that he thinks Eagly is way more capable than yeah. he actually is, which is true. <laughs> we did, we did get Eagly, that's right. <laughs> um, James, I want to talk to uh, the question I want to ask you is this being your first drop in, but you've watched a lot of um, comic book TV, right? We we have a lot of action in this episode, in particular a almost oneer, not really, but like a let's follow our heroes as they run from the forest to the barn, right? How is TV? action working for you does it still feel like the first days of agents of shield and gotham or do you feel leaps and bounds here well it's different it's a different um genre than agents of shield and gotham which are more character i mean i know this was character based kind of but like in terms of fighting it's more like whoa cool sort of more daredevil-y kind of uh netflix marvel hallway scenes yeah exactly um with like blood you know, and, and loss of limb and appendage sort of stuff. Um, it worked. Yeah, I was fine with it. I thought it was cool. Did, do you guys always have the feeling, though, that you're, just, you're still watching a TV show and not a movie? No, I feel nah. like Peacemaker definitely felt like a movie. It, it like, 100% felt like a movie. Like, this was not CW quality. The, the, Is, does Chris do cooler things with his shield than Steve Rogers? <laughs> there are some pretty awesome shield moves in here. Yeah. The shield was pretty cool, but I didn't see anyone um, like jump off the shield, and mm. I think that's one of Captain America's like coolest trademarks. I thought when Chris was sliding down the mine, yeah, um, the shield was sliding down with him, and I thought he was going to do something like get on the shield and toboggan or something, yeah. but right. nothing. Right? Didn't didn't Captain America do that? Didn't he surf on his his yeah, shield? Well, Someone surfed on his shield. Falcon, I think, yeah. or Winter Soldier in the last show. Yeah. I the thing that about fights that always gets to me is uh, if I if I and watching a fight for long enough, the concept of a fight choreographer comes into my head, and it kind right. of takes me out of it only a little bit. Like, it's still cool, but not in terms of it actually happening, but in terms of execution of choreography. Right. Which is the same thing that happens to me with musicals, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Where it's like, they are doing a great job technically. I mean, wrestling kind of, too. Not to uh-huh. break kayfabe, but like, th- that's this show is fine for that. With John we Cena's knew it was going to happen eventually. Um, But... Uh, where it's like I'm not the story doesn't matter to me, but whoa, that is impressive that they did that athletic maneuver or that acrobatic maneuver. Right, and I started thinking about like John Cena is a wrestler, but um, Jennifer Holland, who plays hardcore, is not. So mm-hmm. all of the shit that she had to learn, she is fucking badass in this scene. Yeah. She's so cool. Even from the first episode, it's like she's got that hard attitude where it's like, oh, it's so cool. But like, yeah. I'm talking about. I was talking about this with Mike, and uh, we were talking about how this is such a trope, especially for female characters, of like, I'm too cool for everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jennifer Holland is just this badass. I, yeah. I think she is. That's, right. I don't That's think the impression can, I get. Yeah. You can't put that on. You can't. No, she's an actress, but it's not this good of an actress. <laughs> I think it's the hair, too. I think her haircut really works for her. It's the haircut. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked the, the when, what is her, I, I, I shouldn't call her, I shouldn't keep calling her Tasty. What is her character's name in this? Autobio. Okay, yeah. I really liked... Is that supposed to be like autobiography, like autobio? It's her last name. Okay, right. Okay, cool. Never mind. It's her, it's um, her wife's last name. Got it. Right, right. Um, oh, 
more about that later. I thought her running in and her stuff that she was doing, I was very impressed by that. That was probably the that, most impressive to me. Okay, because this whole show, they have been saying, Autobio, you, you're made for this. The reason yeah. you're here is because you're made for this, and we haven't seen any reason why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't just keep saying that to people. Or maybe you can, and then eventually they'll believe it. But she had a moment. Basically, the whole series, Autobio has been on the verge of tears, being like, what the fuck is my life? This is insane. <laughs> and then in this one, she had a moment where Economos? Uh, Economos, I think, yeah. It's like, Autobio, you can't go out there. You're going to get hurt. And the camera sweeps up. She turns around. She's like, we're part of a team. <laughs> <laughs> and then she takes out everyone like, poof, poof, poof. Yeah, it and was then Economos really breaking his leg was... <laughs> But that doesn't. Oh, yeah, that was disgusting. But that doesn't stop Autobio. <laughs> Autobio is not such an action star that right when we need her to say activate, um, what is it, the Sonic, Sonic Boom or whatever? Boom. Yeah, yeah. She she drops the walkie-talkie immediately. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, that was part funny. of the team. That was or funny. Or when she uh, activates Torpedo Helmet, she accidentally hits, runs into the wall the first time. Yeah. That yeah. was the most uh, realistic thing I saw in this show. <laughs> that's what I think. This show does a really good job at right in the line of it's funny and this is probably what would actually happen in real yeah. life <laughs> i do th- there's two charges in the human torpedo hat and uh chris activates the second one and sends autobio into the cow yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not positive she's coming out of that alive yeah. like yeah i i think it, they're both very lucky that she came out of that alive she, well, okay it was the she's season very lu- finale like i was like yeah <laughs> but just- the- but the cow does look squishy, does it not? Yeah, it, it does. It looks like a giant booger. I could take a big nap in that thing. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want to take a nap in a booger, but... <laughs> and then she does the thing that always grosses me out more than anything, that we don't focus on enough in sci-fi stuff, where uh, she is covered in goo, and she lands, and then she spits a lot of it that, out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So much of that say. cow was in her mouth. I would almost rather die than have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All the cow guts. And then she goes, I realized, I was like, wait, she had a denim jacket on when they were in the hospital. And then it's like, oh, it's red now. Because it's goo it's, covered. It's blood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the day, that's how they dyed their uh, denim jackets red. Cow goo. Jumping, cow. Into a, jumping full force into a cow. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> um, earlier, James, we yeah. had talked about fight choreography, much like musical choreography. Uh, Kayla and I have talked about this for the last eight weeks straight. We, in fact, memorized the intro and performed it for our listeners yeah uh but i just wanted to give you a uh, an opportunity to discuss what you saw in the opening credits of this show when you <laughs> have your villains dance and i don't mean to take this back to marvel but i'm going to immediately do that so in an episode of season two of agent carter there's a big musical scene in which they don't have she doesn't get a verse but one of the main villains is in the, the, the dance ensemble. And so if you if you are looking for her, you see her. And I love that. I love when someone who isn't part of the, you know, the gang is dancing with them. And I think, or, or like even that, that, you know, the racist dad. Is his character's mm-hmm. name racist dad? Racist dad, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, him dancing. Like having it be like, no, everyone's dancing. Everyone is doing this dance. I found that. Very lovely, and uh, it at least gave me a thought about what the tone of this show was going to be, which it mostly pulled off, I'd say. Jennifer Holland, who has been an absolute social media superstar since Peacemaker debuted, uh, showed some footage of them 
learning the dance moves. Yeah. And I, I think they did it first. And what a grueling bonding experience. Like, yeah. if you want yeah. everybody to feel like part of a team, put them through that. Yeah. Dance class. I, I had my eye on Steve Ag the whole time because yeah. I most identify with him. And, like, is sure. he doing it? He's doing an all right job. All right. Good job, team. Go team He's go. got one move where he, like, sends a shiver all the way down his body. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and I do want to compliment Race's dad for um, using his normal body to do the dance moves because he is actually made of liquid metal, and mm. you would think he would use that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe guys, uh, Caitlin, is this something you're recommending to people? Is it hard to recommend because of the, I don't know, the content, or are you telling people to watch this? Uh, I would tell anyone who has watched the um, Suicide Squad to watch this. I think it's very important that you watch Suicide Squad. Otherwise, I don't know if it lands because Cassie, you know, she didn't watch Suicide Squad, and she's like fell off immediately yeah so that was also me i watched they did they fast and the furious this let me get see if i have it right i watched the suicide squad but Hobbs i didn't and Shaw watch, present the suicide squad i didn't watch suicide squad james parentheses two the new one this is the one you need to watch james that one i didn't watch <laughs> james yeah you need to watch that one <laughs> okay i, that's I a, will that's the good one <laughs> I, I thought that i thought Listen, here's an unpopular DC opinion. I thought Suicide Squad was fine. Aside oh. from Jared Leto's Joker, aside from that, I thought everyone did a pretty good job. I've never heard that before. Same. Yeah. Um, it, listen, the Joker brought it down a lot. But when he <laughs> wasn't on screen, I thought it was fine. I thought it was just fine. Um, you know what? The Joker is chaos. And sometimes that's what he is in a movie. He just, he just has to ruin it. I, I think it would be funny if you told someone this is a James Gunn, uh, a James Gunn work and... He's the guy that did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you just leave the room and have yeah. them watch it. I think that'd be a funny thing to do. Maybe to someone you don't like so much. <laughs> um, but based on watching this finale, or do you think you're more prone to go see James Gunn, Suicide Squad, and the rest of the show? I mean, I like I like a team, a team, a superhero team movie. Um, I'd pro- I'll probably watch it. I'll probably track it down. Um, I don't know that I would watch more of this. John okay. Cena's acting. I think he's a perfectly charming person. His acting, it's like he, mm, I like, listen, I like him. I'm going to say something that maybe sounds like I don't. It's like he watched The Rock acting. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, I can do that. I can do and that, he's minus. doing a passable job of a facsimile of what The Rock does. But he's I... way shorter, so. Yeah. It's weirder to me. Not to be tightest, but. This it is, is weird that he's so much shorter. <laughs> this show is what convinced me. Like, I think that he is actually way better than The Rock. The Rock doesn't make decisions. I think mm-hmm. that The Rock is sort of... The, that movie... Did you guys watch Red Notice? Yeah, I did. Was no. it good? Not really. It was what you expected. Okay, so... It should have uh, had a different title. I didn't even register that it was a thing until people started talking about how it wasn't good. It should have had a way different title because I didn't even... I thought it was some sort of policy change at Netflix. The big tweet I kept seeing around was, this movie sucks, and it's the three blandest actors, the three blandest stars that we have today. I'm sorry, Ryan Reynolds is in that movie? Ryan Reynolds included, yes. But I love Ryan Reynolds, but they were very bland in this movie. And the people that stood out were the background characters that like really made the whole movie happen. Hmm. And it was just like, we are high... A-list actors, and we are here to do our job, like what it felt like. I sort of the third one? Gal Gadot. Gadot. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to argue with that one. Um, and I think well, after watching Peacemaker, I think that John Cena makes more decisions, is more dynamic than Dwayne Johnson is. I, I would agree with but, that. Okay, but I don't you agree. feel like he has an air of, oh my God, isn't it weird that I'm acting? I don't think he's the best actor, for like, sure. His but I do think he's better fine. than The Rock. I feel like it's sort of like, he sort of feels like a jock that is in that's leading the play and does a fine job, but also has kind of a sparkle in his eyes. Like this is so weird that I'm in this. Yes, I yeah, I would agree, and I think How that's part of his of me to do that. I don't think he's going to get nominated for Oscars, but yeah. I, I I think you're right. We're kind of impressed that you look like that, and you can be fine. You can be B minus, and I, I I'm not saying it is necessarily a good thing. I feel like no. he's kind of winking at the camera, like. Isn't it, like when he's talking really eloquently, you know, when he has a suit on, and he's, we're like, oh my God, it's John Cena. But then he's like, hello, how are you? I'm John Cena, blah, blah, blah. That's the same sort of thing only with acting where you're like, whoa, he cannot be a wrestler. But everyone, I'm fine with him not being a wrestler. He's enough, far enough into his career that he doesn't have to have that irony. And I feel like but he's th- sticking to that irony. I think we're coming from two very different places because yeah, you, in high school, you were picked on by John Cena's, and I, I was the John Cena of my high school. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I've heard that yeah. about you. I never saw anyone pick on me, but. Sort of felt like I was being picked on. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I was doing it from far. Yeah, you just didn't even know it was uh, under the radar picking on did, Caitlin. Did you, get the, you can't see John Cena reference that I just made because that's the only time I'm going to make that joke. I, no, okay. I I'm sure you're going to make it again. <laughs> um, you won't see it coming. Peacemaker is over. Please check it out. <laughs> I uh, I heartily recommend it more than these two nerds. Uh, Caitlin, you said that you i don't know why i'm thinking of this right now but you said that you we were just outside we were uh doing our pre-show meth yeah and you said that you are thinking of a website yeah yeah it totally was and when we were doing our pre-show meth that we always do um i i was like there's something that i need on a website right now and it's got to have a lot of pictures maybe some videos on it and i need it i need it to be all about um toenails toenails yeah, not like the designs on them but just toenails in general and I, i'm not talking about like a feet fetish thing i'm talking about just the nails okay so uh like clipped toenails like on the floor no like toenails uh, attached to your feet you guys live with other people yeah do you ever sit down on a couch and like reach over and just there's just a <laughs> fucking bag of toenails sitting there <laughs> no, no thank god thank god no me neither <laughs> it's same with my wife but that would be a great feature on our website uh, so what can is you it that you're talking about right now? A, a good website. <laughs> Toenail.com. Okay, got, 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 yeah. got it. Got it. Okay, gotcha. Oh, James, I see what you, we're doing. Got, I see what we're doing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Cut all would that. You, would you visit Toenail.com? Uh, depends on how good the clips were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's our tagline. I seen uh, that one. Hmm? Uh, Caitlin, are you going to make this shit by yourself? Uh, I, I would, Ryan, but I'm really, I don't think I'm skilled enough to make this type of website that I want. I, could I tell you about cybersprout.net? Oh, please do. Oh my God, I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> that would have sucked. Uh, well, let me tell you that their design experts are well-versed in digital strategy and elegant design. Combining the two masterfully, they work hand-in-hand with you. They focus on collaboration and goal-driven design to help make sure your website reaches their, the right customers. Does that, the right customers, I don't know. Yeah. Are you mailing your toenails? Is this a Ryan? I I know you said you found some clippings in your couch. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be e-commerce over here. Well, I'm gonna start keeping them and I'll sell them to you at like cost. Okay, and oh, then cool. you can mark them up for however much you want. Awesome. It toenailed it dot com, and the tagline yeah. is "That's my jam." That's <laughs> my jam. See, together, me, you, you, cybersprout.net, 
This is how we make things happen. I love it. Right. Cyberspout.net, your partner for the digital world. When we come back, the rest of the shows. And now it's time for the poll list. On this week's episode of Snowpiercer, Alex finally deals with her parental figures as a track obstruction uncovers a painful past. Taste buds, I ask you this. How do you handle your track obstructions? <laughs> Lots of... Um, uh I'd like to do Imodium. Imodium is, man, my household has should buy stock in Imodium. Yeah. <laughs> it's about that I, time. Don't Hey, don't take Imodium if you're having track obstruction problems. That's oh. only going to, that's only throwing more stuff on the track, I would say. Just. <laughs> so do you just drink coffee and like chug milk? If I have a track obstruction, I take the uh, the disc out and I, I put a little Windex on it and I just sort of get off the, uh, off the smudge that's obstructing all the tracks. On your CD? On my CD, yeah, yeah. On your compact disc that yeah. you put in your compact disc player? Compact, wow. disc, compact disc changer, thank you. How many, how many discs does it hold? 13. Wow. Yeah, it's the Baker's <laughs> Dozen. It's the Sony Baker's <laughs> Dozen. They don't make it anymore. <laughs> I, yeah, we won't explain CDs to Caitlin. Snowpiercer <laughs> is on Mondays on TNT. Your next show is Raising Dion. On the fourth and fifth episodes of Raising Dion, Biona tries to bring a mysterious sinkhole under control. Meanwhile, Brayden pays Pat a surprise visit. Taste buds, I ask you this: How do you handle your sinkholes? <laughs> um, yeah, same way. Say Imodium. Yeah, Imodium, man. I just recently found out, mm -hmm. and Caitlin, this might be good information for you. Imodium is not a suppository. <laughs> I just learned that too. It it's is. wild. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, I guess I've been doing it wrong this whole time. I never understood how suppositories would work if you're shitting everywhere. Like, isn't that the worst place to put anything? Yeah, it's like, yep. I want something out. Don't put something in. Don't put it in. <laughs> Don't put it in. That's a one-way street, my friend. Uh, Caitlin. Yeah. You, I, you had dogs to feed this morning. I did. And so you threw some Raising Dion on. I sure did. Uh, so I watched some Raising Dion. I actually watched both these episodes of Raising Dion. And during these, we get a lot of uh, talk about the hole and people and the effects of the hole. So in the hole, there is like these plants that are growing and they're also glowing and growing they glowing. have a, and they have attached themselves to people. So one of those mm. people happens to be Dion's mom. And so she has like a scratch on her arm from a previous episode. Does it make her less of a bitch? <laughs> she actually, it does for like one second. It couldn't make her worse. For one second. And then, uh, but yeah, she's got a glowing green arm. And then that crooked man guy, his name's Pete, I think. He's like in Pat. Biona. Pat. Pat. <laughs> I love this show. Uh, <laughs> Pat's uh, in Biona right now, and he's a prisoner, but he's like, I see that your arm's glowing, and it's a, whatever is glowing on your arm, like, there's something in me calling to it. So they let him out, and he does some of his, like, uh, stuff in the lab to try to make a cure for her, but fails. So that's that's when you uh, take one beaker and you pour it into another beaker, and then you're like, science! Yeah, he did that, and he was like, it's so wrong! <laughs> so uh, all, all meanwhile, there's other people with this green glowing stuff all over them, too, and they're already much more far along than um, Dion's mom. I just so, want to comment as a, as a scientist, uh, going into the lab with the intention to do something and it doesn't work is accurate representation of lab work. So yeah. excellent <laughs> job. <laughs> This green goo stuff is turning people into like, you know those ghillie suits? Ghillie suits. It looks like people are just turned into ghillie suits. Like ghillie from SNL? <laughs> yeah. Like, that is a reference and a half right there. That's <laughs> Yeah. 
Uh, that one went over my head. Well, I don't know what <laughs> I, I don't know what a ghillie like, suit is. When you see a soldier that is coming up out of the water and they're wearing like gear, like yeah. seaweed. Yeah, you look like a big old seaweed monster, like yeah. old Greg. If Those are called ghillie suits. Ghillie suits. What a badass thing with a stupid name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- they're getting all all monster like. Uh, so Dion's mom knows that's what I'm going to be soon. So they're trying to find a cure for the big bad ghillie suit guys. I would say let Dion's mom let it happen. I honestly was, I was like, if she dies, I don't see any like impact, like any change. Like it's going to be fine. Yeah. I um, mean, the show is called Raising Dion and she yeah. is a uh, single parent. Yeah. So I guess that might be weird. Yeah. But he would have no one. No one's raising Dion. He'd have his aunt. Um, but yeah. So they end up finding a cure because a powered girl um, puts all the beakers in the air and mixes them together. And then that obviously makes Good, a yep. cure. Good science. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Science is so easy. And then when they inject it into Gilly Suit Guy, uh, he dies. <laughs> he looks like he's getting cured. And they're like, it's it's happening. He's curing. And I was like, they ain't going to fucking cure him. And he fucking dies. I have a, I have a follow-up. I have a really quick uh, uh, yeah. expanding question. What the fuck is this show? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a kid named Dion. And uh-huh. he has superpowers. And it's yeah. all about his mom raising a kid with superpowers. He's Name. like okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, eight years old. Um, and This is season yep. one of the television program? Season two. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Oh, okay. Season Never mind. Yep, two. Yep, 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 yep. That's fine. Yep. S- season one was a big deal because Michael B. Jordan produced it and Ooh. was in it oh. and then died, died at the end of the first episode. And then people were like, well, I guess we'll watch the rest. Yeah. Yeah. He drew Barrymore. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So that was probably the most exciting thing that happened. Um, uh, because Dion, he was just being a kid the whole time, which was cool, you'd think, but also it was very boring. So can you, do you think you could figure out a moment of the week? Uh, moment of the week is probably when um, the child, the evil child, I don't, Damien or something. Brayden? Brayden. Oh, what Damien a is a good Brayden. shot, though. Excellent shot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Dion's a good, the good child with mm-hmm. powers. Damien or Brandon. Brandon? Why did you say Brandon when talking about evil? It's Brayden. Brayden. It's close enough. So Brayden, mm. Brayden, the bad child, has the Crooked Man inside of him, and mm. he uses the Crooked Man powers on top of his own powers, and he like goes and intimidates people, and mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. So one time he goes and intimidates the guy who used to have the Crooked Man in him, which was Peter, Paul? Mary. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that's my moment of the week is when he intimidated him because I was actually pretty scared of, of this child for a moment. But so this is Hellstrom, scary. basically. This is the television show Hellstrom. Got it. Yeah. My moment of this week was yeah. uh, our fucking kick-ass Peter, Paul, and Mary reference. <laughs> <laughs> we are on it, guys. Uh, Raising Dion is on Netflix all the time. Uh, watch it with Caitlin if she has to feed the dogs next week. Yeah. Your final show this week is Resident Alien. Guys, Resident Alien, the Resident Alien crew goes... On a camping trip this week. Oh. And because um, Harry has to send a message to his people, like E.T., that fucking smoking hot alien E.T. had to <laughs> in that movie, uh, but Ast is worried that it might be a bomb. And it's not a bomb. It is a bomb plot-wise because Harry sent a message that was like, uh, I told them to not attack and kill everyone on Earth for 50 years. And then Asta, you'll be dead, and everybody you love will be dead, so then they can come and kill everyone. And Asta still has a problem with that, like, Jesus, get the stick out of your ass, Asta. And <laughs> then she knocks the thing over. And so Harry is still learning lessons about how to be a human being. 
So he he was like, Asta's only going to live 50 years. Maybe. I mean, Asta's probably 30. I wouldn't want that number to be 50. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to live to 120 easily. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Why don't you just say 100 years, Harry? Yeah. He could have made it however long. He he could say 1,000 years. Yeah. Honestly, though, if let's say he said 100 years, right? Mm -hmm. Do you care? What? That the world's going to end after I die? Yeah. Well, then my children and everyone are going to be dead. Uh, I know, but do you care? <laughs> I care. I guess I care. Okay. Maybe I'm the weird one. You don't care. You wouldn't care. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm dead. Like, but So wait, after I die? Okay, cool. Do, yeah. do your worst. <laughs> James, I, like, do you, do you really want there to be civilization after you're gone? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because then I can, I can you know... Um, Really? Who will build the statue? I was just exactly. gonna say that. Like, who's gonna build a statue of me? Where is my town center? Where is my center square? <laughs> All right, this is not I've buried Hollywood squares. Some uh, a certain number of uh, of objects in the ground that are going to erupt in a hundred years. So yeah, I need I need civilization to be around to, to see what that's uh, about. Okay, so you just want your own crazy it's ass plan? Anything? <laughs> did you say Confederate? I did not. I did. I did not. Okay. Uh, when you're my in Virginia, the... you have to really make sure that that is very clear. <laughs> that you... uh, my moment of the week is um, Harry goes in to see Max and Sahar. They're at a diner, and Max says, or I'm sorry, Harry says, if you don't give me my ball back, they stole his alien ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't give it that back to me, I am going to do a lot of bad stuff to you. And then Sahar says, do you know what I'm going to do to you? And then it cuts outside the diner, so we can't hear anything. We just see Sahar like making these like disgusting motions with her fists, and then it cuts back to Harry, and he is shell shocked and cannot speak. <laughs> and Sahar just kicks back, like more proud of anything she's ever done. She is the best character on television. Resident Alien is oh, on Sci-Fi on Wednesdays. That's the polis, guys. We fucking did it. Wow, we well, nailed well it. Done. Do you guys want to talk about X Men? Let's do it. Yeah. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for X-Tasmania, bitch. The segment that is going to focus on the seminal Saturday morning soap opera of Fox Television. Shit. Why do I never write this down? Did I miss it? What does Cassie usually say? I don't know. Okay, good. Thank you, Caitlin. I zone out every time. <laughs> She's so boring. Yeah, you know. She's like monotone. She doesn't change her pitch as much as we do. Yeah, you know. Woo! Um, so when we start off, we are in the forest. This is Dark Phoenix Part 4 of 4. This is it, guys. This is where we see if Phoenix lives or dies, if Jean lives or dies. And when we start off, we are in the forest uh, with the X-Men trying to be like, hey, Shire, Shire, Sheer. Shear, I think. Paul Shear, back yes. the fuck up. Yeah. Why don't you let us handle Jean Grey? Which, I like, being a lifetime comic book creator, this is always the mutants thing of... No one should ever tell a mutant what to do. Mutants will handle it with mutant justice. Mm-hmm. Are the Shire and we're gonna get called mutant justice? Because that sounds awesome. <laughs> it <There> should be. <laughs> I think uh, it would not be the kind of book that we like. It would be but... just a bunch of right wingers saying mutant justice is a dead mutant. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about this a lot. We talked about with this the butterflies with the butterflies on Peacemaker, but. Do the Shire have a point here? Are you constantly in this episode going, you know, maybe the Shire should handle this? Uh, uh, almost all the time when they're <laughs> like, we should just kill Jean slash Phoenix because it's too much of a detriment. Uh, and she's possibly going to kill all of us if we don't kill her. 
So yeah, no, I agreed with them the whole time. And then they, and then freaking Professor X had to come up in here and fuck shit up as he normally does. Yeah. Given what happened, yeah, they should have. Like, I mean, if that was what it, was gonna happen, then yeah, just take her out, and then it'll be fine. Like, Barack Obama called Osama bin Laden the Dark Phoenix of terrorists. Like, th- isn't that right there enough? Isn't that all we need to know? It would be funny if he said the Gene Gray of terrorists. I just, the way that I look at it, though, like, the Shire said when it comes to this Phoenix thing, like, we see it, like, when it comes to Gene, we see it in black and white, and they were like, well, we see it Gene Gray. I like that. That's very good. I had we... some gray jeans back in high school, and they were just okay. not a good fit. I think we're dwindling here. I think. <laughs> I thought... I feel like the phoenix as a mythological creature is the most deus ex machina thing that you can possibly do. It has no stakes. It's just well, going to come back to life. This is this is a side that Marvel goes to a lot, which is we have Daredevil. In a world where we have Daredevil, we have cosmic beings that created life. And sometimes in crossovers, Daredevil will just be like, oh, shit, it's ego the living planet i I guess i'll get my billy club and uh that's what the dark that or that's what the phoenix is uh that this entity is just like this creator of life that flies around space let before we get to the part where phoenix talked to the x-men which i found very crazy um they get transported to the shyar spaceship and the way that lalandra talks about phoenix i want to talk about this she says um, it's just this monster that just wants new sensations mm-hmm. and will do whatever it takes to get new sensations. And this is 1992. <laughs> do you, is this all just a, just say no to drugs thing? Like mm. this is all, all Jean Grey now wants to do is just experience these new things and she will kill anyone or rob any mother's purse in order to get those new drugs. Is this a drug thing? That's all I was thinking. It's like, this is teaching kids sensations are bad. You, can't, yes. you just can't keep going to get that, that same kick, that sensation that you had beforehand. I, I didn't tie it to drugs, but now you say that, and I'm like, yeah, this is a big don't do drugs campaign. Or at the very least, like it feels like that very fundamentalist thing of any, any feel-good feeling is bad. Yeah, that, if that, you're chasing yeah. after a feeling. Like an abstinence thing. Right. Yeah. There also was that 1992 Phoenix drug epidemic. I don't know if that was a... In Phoenix, Arizona, there was like the whole thing. Do you think they were referencing that? They were probably only solely, explicitly referencing that. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. The Phoenix drug epidemic was in 1994. So um... That's not funny to joke about, dude. Yeah. Messing around with years like that? That's crazy on you. Uh, now, we get a couple of conversations. Uh, instead of fighting, instead of we get some uh, hangouts talking about what they should do with Phoenix, and it feels like people are torn. We have uh, Chuck and Lalandra, Beast and Storm, and Wolverine and Gambit. Any of these conversations make sense to you? Uh, Beast never makes sense to me, so that one definitely didn't. Um, but I, Wolverine was like, yeah, I feel like I need to do this, but I can't do it. He's just keeps staying that over and over again. Was this crazy open for Wolverine? Like, I've never heard him like tear his heart open and sew himself shut like this (laughs) this whole episode is just wolverine just hurting it seems like yeah because like from the beginning to the end like he's putting himself in positions where he's like oh whoa logan over here he's got some feelings and they're for gene and he doesn't care if cyclops is here burying his heart to her he still loves gene yeah i guess really the only thing that wasn't adamantium about him was his heart 
Yeah. It's true. <laughs> uh, but I yeah, I love... when Wolverine talks to anyone. At yeah. all, ever. <laughs> Bub. And plus, it's Gambit, of all people. Right. So it's like, it's Stop th- talking like that. Yeah, Gambit. these two people are like, <laughs> uh, I don't care. I don't care about what you have to say <laughs> to each other. The other one we have is uh, Cyclops and Rope. And mm. the one that separates this one is Jean comes out at the end, and we have that thing of, like, how much did she hear? <laughs> you know, she, she interrupted them at one point, but I think she heard Cyclops being like, and Rogue, everyone. Like, we, I don't want to kill her, but we kind of have to, right? Mm-hmm. I have a. Well, it, it comes to the point where, I mean, even Cyclops was on the side of, we have to get rid of her. She has already come to the terms, like, yeah, you need to get rid of this thing. And if I'm, you know, if you take me out, take me out. And James, are you like me, which is basically you don't do anything. You don't think anything. You don't make life decisions until you check in with Cyclops because he is the smartest, best character, mm-hmm. not just in the I'm, X-Men, but yeah. ever created. Yeah, the the fully abled uh, white man. Yeah, absolutely. You got to check in with them because they know what's up. Um, can I make a proposal? I have, I have, a, I have a bit of a, a, of a stump speech to make. I think more serious soap opera-y Marvel stuff should have, oh my god, they're right behind me, aren't they, moments. I think that <laughs> it's, there's too few saying things as the person walks in and then you realize it and hilariously realize it, you know, wide-eyed. I think and, then, and then Rogue looked at the camera and she was like, Ooh, let the steam out of her collar. <laughs> Sugar. Everyone's voices so, on this is weird. All the accents are weird, really weird. <laughs> we are right now, we're thinking that they don't know what they're going to do. We're thinking that they might side with the Shi'ar. I guess that's what the show is supposed to say to us. But then somebody says something that I've been waiting for somebody to say to me the enti- my entire life. We're at a crossroads here. Let's just fucking fight it out. Yeah. Let's just have a duel. Fucking- Why is this never happening to me? <laughs> Fucking Professor X over here with a... I'm trying to figure out what the the name of it was. But it was like, no, they have to fight. It's a trial by combat is what yeah. it's yeah. called. Yeah. <laughs> trial by combat. And I love this because it's like, well, we don't even have to listen to um, testimony or have a jury. It's just whoever wins is therefore the winner of the argument. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But it's a team. I thought it was just going to be one person. Right. But right. it's... That's obviously all of the X-Men versus all of the B-Men, you know? So when you, but when you can teleport over to the set of American Gladiators and you have use of the whole set, you really want to have a whole team sort of setting there. It's like, how are you going to make use of all of the falling, uh, you know, foam stones or like labyrinth <laughs> stuff or Wolverine, nitro shooting who is this? And Wolverine's like, this is Laser from the hit show American Gladiators. <laughs> Love that cro- yeah, like a globetrotter esque crossover with American Gladiators. That's what this show is missing. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, event in the fight in, this in American movie, Gladiators? Oh, um, no, I don't care about the TV show. Oh, American yeah, Gladiators. No, yeah, um, yeah there, I do. Um, I can't think of what it is. I like when they're when they're trying to run and they're like shooting the gun down at them, and they James, have to like, get behind the things. I don't remember what the names of them are. There's only one answer, and it's the one where they have to run and get behind the things while they're... Because here's why it's the best one. The gladiators have to run from different tennis ball gun to different tennis ball gun. Yes. So there's like there's like a tennis ball pistol, and then a tennis ball machine gun, yeah. and then a tennis ball rocket launcher. God yeah. damn it, that is show there, is awesome. Is that the same game where they have to get the... No, that's a different game where they have to get the balls into the trash cans, and the people try and stop them. That's a different yeah. game. Yeah. And is that the one where they're in big hamster wheels? No, no. You're you're thinking of what that one's just like football, but with less rules. Yeah, exactly. And I, my least favorite is the joust because I feel like that's the mainstream choice. That's like the Beatles of 
American Gladiators. Plus, I, I need which I like the show. Beatles. <laughs> Caitlin, you would fucking love Let's the show. Let's talk some more it. about American Gladiators. Caitlin, here's the deal. What if there were lots of strong people? And also <laughs> people who were not as strong, but were also in like tights. What if there was people that had names like Nitro and Laser, and then there was people that, who had names like Steve and Janet, right. and they fought each other? <laughs> yeah, and what if it was like, you could you, try and punch this guy, and no, 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 not with that, with this big, like, mallet, like, like jousting thing, and then he'd just fucking... A giant Q-tip. Yeah, like a giant Q-tip, but then the other guy's like, I'm going to knock you off this thing, and you're going to die. And when you actually win... Imagine watching this athlete who you would think is an actor. Just They're just doing a TV show. But the camera follows them and they go in the corner and just start screaming like, fuck, yeah. fuck. Just yeah. roid rage all over the place. Yeah. American Gladiators brought to you by steroids. Uh, <laughs> speaking of fighting, uh, we get to this big fight and it is, uh, I, I'm to say like six on six, roughly. Yeah. Uh, Beast how doesn't do anything. So Beast never does. He never does. <laughs> I really am... I really hope that Cyclops removes himself from this permanent LVP thing, and it's Beast, right? Can we just it's Beast? One hundred percent. Yep. I think I've always put Beast in there. Thank yeah. you. I couldn't even remember. I was like, "Is he even on this show?" I know he was there. I know for sure he was there at the beginning of this show. Where on earth has he gone? And then he did show up, and like Storm helped him do something dumb. But like, if I was, was Jubilee, I'd be like, "But Beast can go." Yeah. Wait, like sure. I have to stay home, but Beast can go? Why isn't Beast in DC trying to affect governmental policy on mutants? That's his job. Well, he's a Marvel character. All right. <laughs> uh, so anything about this big fight we need to talk about? Was uh, there anything that stood out? No. Okay. I thought it was wild that it, it I did I was like trying to figure out what was going on, but I was like, but who are these people? And then why do I care? And why do I care? I do want to I think I shout him out every single time, and I think it's cuz it, when I was a kid, I fucking loved his look but the gladiator it's important to point out that gladiator is the most powerful being in marvel and dc gladiator could destroy superman and if you don't know who i'm talking about he's the guy with the big pink mohawk Mm -hmm. i love him i saw him and i was trying to figure out more about him because i was like you look pretty cool you're a stud i need to know more about you but (laughs) now now i know he's gladiator Hmm. and he's got a mohawk uh next week should you build a website about gladiator i should a fan website (laughs) All about his mohawk. The and then Gladiator website. Oh, shit. We have done a lot. We've said the G word a lot on this episode. <laughs> uh, and then it finally turns like it always was going to, to X-Men versus Jean. They have mm. to fight her, and they keep saying, um, well, we can't, but I will, and then hit her. And then, but we can't. And then it gets to the point where um, she's, she's dead. And the Phoenix comes down and says, uh, wow, that was a crazy journey I was on. <laughs> I don't know what you guys thought, but... I experienced emotion. <laughs> I was like a human. Do you remember Do you remember the movie Dogma? Do you ever see the movie Dogma? Of course. Well, Caitlin, in the movie Dogma, it's, it's like, what if there were a bunch of buff people and they all had names like... Ne- no, 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 this is about God. So, in the movie Dogma, to spoil it for you uh, 100%, do you mind if I spoil it for you 100%? Do it, do so it. So, God is trapped in the body of this comatose old man, right? And they're uh-huh. doing, it's a whole thing about, like, right to live stuff and whatever. The solution is you have to let this guy die, and then everything will be fixed, because mm-hmm. Alanis Morissette will come, and she's God. Um, but they it, This do, is all true, and it does yeah, make sense, kind they, of. They... Um, they, they, there's so much conflict about no we can't let this old man die we have to preserve his life and stuff that's like this they're like we can't hurt Gene the phoenix the thing that is a mythological creature which will come back to life for sure when you kill it we can't hurt it let's not hurt it let's do let's pull our punches a lot and then they do kill it and then it's fine 
<laughs> I I think what was crazy is that you had like the whole like Gene and Cyclops like, baby, I love you. Like, don't do it. And I got to ask over these four episodes, is Phoenix, we may have already talked about this, Caitlin, but is Phoenix manipulating Gene and Cyclops? So every time she's about to die... Phoenix turns her back into Jean and says, but Cyclops, I love you. Cyclops. <laughs> and then Scott's like, oh, you're back. Okay. And then Phoenix is like, just kidding, bitch. <laughs> and then punches him really hard. I'm going to put on your old costume. <laughs> she does put weird. on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was weird that she packed. Like, they got all of a sudden. like. Uh, taken... That's for sex stuff. That's role play <laughs> shit, Caitlin. Just so you know how couples work. <laughs> Remember okay. the 60s, baby? <laughs> when we were all repressed students and had to go to class? Yes. Um, this is what I wore. And the, the, yeah, so she had a costume that she brought with her, and they they loved each other. And then Cyclops was like, "I gotta do it," and dropped a pillar on freaking. Yeah, he he didn't fuck around at some point. No. Did you guys uh, before we get to the final final thing? Um, did this look bad? Like I felt like a lot of people, especially from far away, had like really long faces that were that had almost no detail. I thought it was just me, but this one definitely looked worse than normal. Like there was a, a close up of Wolverine, and it was just so pixelated. Yeah, and, like I was like, uh, I know my screen's bigger than like it was back in That's the day. That's true. But, but before still. we were watching on like TVs, right. like box TVs that were plugged in. Um, but my guess is that these all came out within like a week instead of weekly, like mm-hmm. it usually does, because it was a big event. And they were like, "Fuck, we gotta go!" Draw fast, draw fast. Crunch time. And that's uh, it. We need a fourth episode. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, we probably could have used a fifth because of how confusing this all was. Yeah. Um. Then, uh, Dark F- or Phoenix, the Phoenix entity says, "Uh, well, Gene can come back." But she's going to take a little fire from your candle. And then Scott if, and if you know Logan I mean. get into a absolute slap fight about who is going to step up. And they just keep saying, no, uh, I'm going to do it over and over. Like, they, like eight or nine times each. Like, no. And they were, yeah, they were about to like slap each other. It did yeah. look like that. It was like, no, I'm going to bring back Gene. I'm going to bring back Gene. <laughs> I'm going to bring her back. No, I'm going to bring her back. <laughs> And then they do the, I guess, the thing that makes the most sense, which is all hold hands. And so a little bit of fire gets taken out of each person. Right. And I straight up thought Gambit was going to say, uh, no. <laughs> Not from me, Shook. <laughs> no, it's like a standing ovation, but like with the power circle where it's like, I don't want. Uh, all right, I guess. Yeah. Everyone else is doing it. Like, no, you, I say you make you take a stand by taking a sit and you do not get up. I don't, like, I don't have rebel. enough to give. Sorry, guys. Bye. Yeah, I already have so little life yeah. left in me. <laughs> I think the, for the rest of this television program, every all of them should have been just a little bit more lackluster. Like, uh-huh. where they normally would have been like, let's go! Be like, all right, let's go. I yeah. Because <laughs> then it would be canon. They lost a little bit of their fire. But every single episode starts with a previously on, and it goes back to this episode, where it shows <laughs> they lost a little candle, light from their candle. And the theme song is like acoustic. Yeah, it's like Death Cab for Cutie's version of, of the theme song where it's just like... Yeah. Um, and then Jean Grey survives. And right. I'm pretty sure famously in the real story that really happened in real life, yeah. she does not survive. I was really surprised when she survived. I was pretty sure she was going to be dead dead. And then when she, they were like, oh, we'll take a piece of you and make her back again. I was like, what is this? <laughs> Why did we do this then? Or what would have been better than 
uh, all of that is she comes back to life, but she is part like she's just throwing cards and has claws. Yeah, I like eye blast shoots she has out one like claw. a super scroll book for X-Men. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd and be on board like, with that one hundred percent. And she stinks because she's part Wolverine, and she stinks because she's part Gambit. Why do they all? And she's Beast, you know, Beast stinks. She just stinks now. She's and she's just, just a little bit more of a douchebag because she's part Cyclops. <laughs> Dude, don't. I don't. No. <laughs> I, no, I can't take this fucking anymore. This <laughs> anti Cyclops bandwagoning. Uh, and then the Dark Phoenix is over. Yeah. Yeah. Four episodes. It's mostly successful. I was honestly super stoked for this episode because we had so much lead up the the three parts. And then this one, it was like, well, there was really no stakes. Nothing yeah. honestly changed too much besides the fact that we know Logan, um, you know, has his feelings. But we knew that already. And that Professor X fucks, which, yeah, I mean, look at him, obviously. Right. So. Whoa, what? <laughs> do you it, think do you think Chuck is hot? <laughs> no, but I do think that he would get down like with people. Do you know um, who, you, do you know Yule Brenner? Do either of you know the old actor Yule Brenner? Yes, that's Professor X. And he yeah, was, uh, Yule Brenner was a was a, a mega stud back in the sixties. So like, I guess, but he also no, I won't be ableist. Uh, Yule Brenner definitely not just the hairdo. Yeah. They, they share the hairdo, but the eyebrows. Yeah, they both had mm-hmm. those like and the whole like <laughs> vibe too. Yeah. yeah, I get I get Yule Brenner more than Professor X though. Why? He's just, he he always What's has a blanket reason? in his lap. <laughs> the blanket in his lap. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to the awards. Um, James. Yep. Best power. Best power, Phoenix. Why? Like, because resurrection is always the best. Because then the people don't die. You a big Jesus fan? Of course. Aren't you? If you're not, let me tell you about a mutant that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Is it weird that I, uh, I'm a big Jesus fan, just not the people who worship him? No, I think that seems sensible to me. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin, what is the best mutant power you saw this episode? Uh, the best use of power, I, I think it is that whole resurrection portion when everyone has to put together a piece of themselves because uh, who knew that the Phoenix had the power to resurrect a person? That's Is this the stakes we're talking about? Hey, Phoenix, you can hey, just do anything. Phoenix can do anything that she wants. She hey, is- Phoenix, I accidentally bought non-frosted Pop-Tarts. Can you handle that for me? <laughs> they now Take have hands. frosting. Frosting, and it's a strawberry, and there's just enough. Uh, Not too little, just enough. Phoenix uh, as Mary yeah. Poppins. Yeah, she she took a little piece of strawberry from each other pop tart to make it <laughs> the best pop tart. Um, but yeah, no, that, that was my best use of power because it was pretty fucking cool. That yeah. is how toaster strudels work, though. You take a piece from the last toaster strudel for each future one. Yeah. So that that last one has literally no frosting. Yes. Right. <laughs> I okay. I had my and power was this red red skinned woman. Mm-hmm. Feel like there's a better way to say that. Uh, who like Storm is about to go off, and she just throws a little pink lasso on Storm. Yeah, and Storm's like, "Oh, I can't anymore." <laughs> and that was like we've been trying to figure out how to handle Storm for mm-hmm. two and a half seasons now, and she figured it out. She took Storm down so quickly. Yeah, I forgot about that in the fight scene. All right, I will. Uh, since James said resurrection first, I'll give it to him. Thank you, uh, Caitlin. Yes. Gasp moment. Oh, the gasp was when. Uh, Cyclops was finally like, okay, yeah, I gotta kill Gene. And he drops the pillar on Gene, and we think that Phoenix, or we think that Gene and Phoenix are dead. And and then the fact that Phoenix came out is like, we did this for nothing. Now, yeah, yeah. Cy- Cyclops did that, but before he did that, he did not say, Gene, this is because you're a pillar of our community. Did that bother you? <laughs> All right, uh, James, best gasp moment, yeah, or biggest the- gasp. 
Resurrection, again, is my answer for that one, too. Are you going to do this all five? Five for five? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's both the MVP and the LVP. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It begins and ends with Resurrection. It's the Alpha and the Omega. Um, We already talked about Gladiator, the space kind, not the American kind. Right. Uh, He beats Rogue, I think, and he stands over Rogue's body on the ground. And the camera is Rogue's point of view. And all we see is Gladiator's honking dick. And (laughs) I gasped out loud, and I'm going to win this one. Or actually, Gladiator's Gladiator is going to win this one. Mm. (laughs) Best 90s moment, or most 90s moment, I will start. Um, There's a guy on the bad guy team, the Shire team, which is fucking dope-ass Red Oakleys. (laughs) And that's just, that's how we looked back then. Like, this, it fits in with nothing else that anybody's wearing. He just looks like he's like, after this, I'm going to get a snowboard. <laughs> so I'm going to give it to Captain Red Sunglasses. Okay. James. Uh, when they were um, being invaded by uh, Phoenix over voiceover, there were cartoon flames and real oh, flames shit. overlaid with each <laughs> yes, other. That yes. was very, very 90s to me. That, was, that took me back. 90s, that was like you were about to sit down for a fucking match of Magic the Gathering or Pogs. Yeah. And sometimes you would get like knocked out of sync because of all the red flames that were just in front of you all of a sudden. That's right. Actually, that, correct. Oof. That's a rough one, Caitlin. What do you got? Yeah, that was exactly what I had. It was the fact that we had flames on flames on flames. And yeah. it was like the real fire. Do people not who are making cartoons not know how much live action like disrupts you when you're watching cartoons? <laughs> like. <laughs> That, that's just you just you just filmed a fireplace and what, put it in front of you. What's funny is that nowadays I feel like it's the opposite, where the thing that distracts me is how CGI the flame is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like we used to be able back in the you know back in the good old days we used to be able to have live action flames. What happened? We've lost our way. Yeah, it was Trump. No, oh. uh, Caitlin flaming again. That's what I said. <laughs> the, the LVP. Uh, LVP. I, I'm just gonna have to say Professor X. He, yes, he really of course. Did fucking nothing. Well, I mean, Beast does a lot more of nothing, but like he—he's been saying this whole time, like we need to take out Gene, we need to take out Gene. But like he has done nothing to help with it. He even says like, "Let's do a trial by combat in order to save Gene." It's like, where are you, Professor X? What do you really want? Do you, do you know want why? to die or stay alive? It's because like, this fucking bald bitch knows that he can go back home and come up with a bunch more X Men. So yeah. like these are just soldiers to him. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, I also have Professor X, but it's for a different part. My favorite part of the episode is when everybody's talking about what they're going to do and Chuck is like, Lalandra, I love you. Let's have a date. Yeah. And then they have a, uh, a date like on the, the mental plane and he's like, I love you. By the way, uh, don't hurt Jean. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You <laughs> used this date for that? And she has some awesome line like, I've never been more disappointed in all the galaxy. <laughs> I, he's like, I must just be wait, in- baby. So I also think it's Professor X. She's like, an empress must be made of steel, I think is what she says. It's but, true. Yeah. James, LVP? Uh, Beast, because I, he, I forgot he was a part of this television program. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love Beast. I, Beast is one of my favorite X-Men. This was, not, this, was not his, this was not his arena, if you will. Like, he was not... Fighting, weirdly, is not Beast's thing. No. And no. therefore, he should, he should stay at home. What he should do is be the Oracle. Be yeah. the person at the mansion yes. in the chair, like yeah. running computers. One hundred percent. Wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, a fully blue furry person is the one they're like? Yeah. No, you, you stay, stay here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give that to Caitlin because not only did she choose the right answer, but she also picked against her uh, heartthrob, 
Charles mm. Xavier. Right. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> uh, and then finally, let's do uh, Caitlin MVP. MVP, uh, I'm going to have to go with, with Jean because she is like ultimately the one to get Cyclops to drop that pillar on her and says, take me out. Take me out. I Take need, me out. I need to. I need to go. James, but we have so much we haven't done. She's like, <laughs> that is such a good Scott Summers impression. <laughs> but Jane, I love you. <laughs> My eyes shoot red. James, what do you got? Uh, uh, Phoenix. I don't know if we count her as Jean or you know where does the Phoenix end and Jean begin? But Phoenix was like dropping the column on her. I was like. That's not gonna do anything. She just swept the whole planet of like, she she's holding back. I also feel like Charles Xavier is holding back all the time too. Like he's letting his kids play, where it's like your kids are playing kickball and you're like, I'm not gonna play because I would destroy everyone yeah. on this. I honestly think that they have to. Like if they yeah. don't, then like either Gene or Chuck, like they'll fart and somebody in Des Moines' head will explode. Absolutely. Like they have to. They basically have to pretend that their powers are about 10% of their powers. Next year on Peacemaker. <laughs> um, I picked the fire. I picked the real-ass fire as the end of the show. <laughs> I think the, the three of us add up. If we hold hands and, like, and add all our MVPs together, we get, we get the Phoenix. I, think that's... I, wish, I wish the directors had come on and said, we need to take a little part of each of your personalities to create this real-ass fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm going to give that to me. But uh, James, you won. You you, oh. you got the most points Yay! there. Nice. I love it. Excellent. Now you get to make a twenty minute speech and it cannot be one second shorter. <clears throat> Hello everyone. Um I find Wait, myself oh, I'm just, in a you uh, I'm yeah. sorry, James. Uh, part of the speech is just whispering. Oh. Just as quietly as possible. Alright, I'll get there. I'll get there. But I'm gonna start loud. Hey everyone. So Caitlin, can you tell us about a website before we uh <laughs> before he finishes? <laughs> <laughs> you should go over to yourpopfilter.com. Uh, that's where you can find some really cool articles and farticles is what Mark's, Mike says. <laughs> I almost called him Mark. <laughs> not, not almost. Uh, you did. I, I did call him Mark. He is Mark now. Uh, and you should also go to uh, yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Nope. Yeah. No? You're right. That's yeah. your new Amazon bookmark. Yep. And then one more. And another one is patreon.com oh that's a good website too slasher pop filter yes pick a tier join that tier help us out it means so much you get a bunch of free stuff uh patreon members for superhero show show this week got a segment about how caitlin and i think james will disappoint us on the show yes and you have to be subscribed on patreon to hear that shit uh james tell us about some other podcasts our and furthermore oh, what, oh i'm sorry he's, he's busy yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I i think i was muted um are there uh, are there any other podcasts that these people might like? Probably. I can think of three. Can you almost, name all three? Almost certainly, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, this is the time. Okay, got it. Um, I thought we were just discussing like people's interests. So, okay, if you want, very to, vaguely, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just optim- I call it optimism. You call it vagueness. I call it optimism. Um, all right. So, as has been probably mentioned, or, or you know, redacted. Um, I am uh, one of the hosts of Timeline Scavengers, which is how I say it because I have a southern accent. And um, it is uh, an MCU podcast where we make the MCU as complicated as is humanly possible. Um, I and, thought it was already so complicated. Right, yeah. We, we decided to um, that wasn't complicated enough. And we wanted to devote our lives to a podcast 
um, where we watch and talk about uh, the MCU plus any TV shows that aren't or maybe someday soon will be because they're all being removed from Netflix and I assume they're getting put on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, something. Just don't take the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. away from us. It's a large portion of our show. Um, <laughs> but uh, it we go through it in historical order or like chronological order like if something takes place is a flashback to 1920 that's going to happen before events that happen in 1931 for example just for a random example um so it's a historical order it's fun and uh it also means that like when stuff like the eternals comes out then we have to record a bunch of episodes and and place them back in the timeline um where they go so it's uh it's kind of fun it's super complicated very insane mm-hmm. also um there's two more let's see of mine? Let's see. Okay. No, so no, 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 no. That you did your one. Let's see. Look, of mine. Look at look at your two other panelists and think about that. Mine. Let's see. Um, okay, so looking at Caitlin, Blink and You'll Miss It is a show that I do that Caitlin has been on. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Wait, you do a Blink one eighty two show and Caitlin yeah. has been on it and I have not? Yeah. Hey, so here's the deal with it and and watch how this turns into a plug. So it is a Blink one eighty two discography podcast. Plus all of their side projects, but each episode is only five minutes or less. Um, and so I've done all of their discography, um, a bunch of their B-sides, plus all of the stuff by Boxcar Racer, plus 44, um, Strange Creatures, and that's What it. did you do, Caitlin? Uh, I did one of the new albums of Blink-182 when it came out without Tom DeLonge. Yeah. When when new albums come out, that's a new season. So the next Was it Neighborhoods? Was it Nine? No, it wasn't Neighborhoods. It was... Nine? It was nine. It was Nine. That's right. Yeah. Nine, yeah. nine has uh, Pin the Grenade, one of the best Blink songs of all it's time. It's a very good song. So yeah, you can, yeah you're welcome to be on when the next Blink nope. album comes out. That's, nope. Well. Don't, want to, don't want to do it. Nope. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. And then also, Movie of the Year mm. is the well. show that I'm on, uh, where we try and figure out every single movie that has ever come out. That's a bad plug. And Caitlin is yeah. the co-host of Unnatural 20s, where three girls who have so few days left in their 20s, it's ridiculous, uh, try to get through their 20s with the role of a D20. Uh, both of those are on RyanandCaitlin.com. Is that it? That's all. Social media? At your pop filter on Twitter. At your pop filter on Instagram. Next week is a big show. Caitlin, are you going to be here? Yeah, I the think. Walking Dead is back. Oh wow! I don't know if I. You can already make said it. that you were going to be oh. here. You signed on the dotted line, James. I want to thank you so much hey, for doing this today. I'll be back next week too. You were better than we thought you would be. Oh, I'm just gonna move past that. Okay, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so, for for James from the Tim Linnisk Avengers, from yeah. Caitlin from Natural Twenties, and for me from Movie of the Year, my name is Ryan. Peace out.